Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right. I picked up the uh, Financial Post earlier today, and I saw a headline that said, Ontario's electricity is reliable and clean, but it's way too expensive. And then I saw that it was written by Joe Oliver, my old friend Joe Oliver, who uh, served as Finance Minister of Canada for a good number of years and uh, knows his way around the public files. First of all, I want to say good afternoon to you, Joe. Good afternoon, Peter. Great to have you aboard. Uh, Well, I enjoy having you on it. You're now chair of the Independent Electricity System Operator, IESO, or ISO as some people call it. And uh, in that position, you're certainly able to say something like, hey, we have a reliable electricity system, but it's way too expensive. Tell me where you're coming from here. Sure. I I just might mention that the system operator manages the Ontario power system in real time. It plans for future energy needs. It enables conservation and designs a more efficient electricity marketplace. So it's really at the at the center of of the of the system. And, um, you know, I wanted to make the point to Ontarians, uh, given the fact that there was a huge power shortage in in Argentina, Uruguay and Paraguay, 10 million people without electricity for, for three days, that it's unlikely this would ever happen in Ontario, even though it does bring to mind the 2003 outage when 50 million people in Ontario and, well, northeastern and midwestern U.S. lost power. Uh, but uh, we've got a, a robust, reliable uh, system with a lot of redundancies, and uh, we're, uh, we're pretty comfortable about its reliability uh, going forward. So that's, that's, of course, important. And then I, I thought I would talk a little more broadly about, about how clean the electricity is, but unfortunately how expensive it is. And um, the, the nuclear uh, sector contributes about 61% of Ontario's electricity. It powers it. And I don't know that um, every Ontarian knows that. And then well, we're mostly months. nuclear and then a fair amount of hydro, right? And then and then hydro for about a quarter. So you've got 86% coming from, from those two. And then you've got wind, gas, solar, and, and biomass, you know, very small, small numbers. So the result is that this diverse electricity system is over 93% carbon-free. And that really compares very favorably uh, to the United States. In, in New York, it's instead of 93% here, it's 56%. New England's 49%. The Midwest, it's 24% because they rely a lot on gas and coal. And the European Union, it's 52%. So in comparison, we have a very clean electricity marketplace. However, um, the, the, the cost is, is high, and moving from the 86% supplied by nuclear and hydro to the 93% has really exacted a heavy financial toll on ratepayers. Yeah, tell me about it. I get a bill, too. Right, exactly. It's families and it's businesses. Uh, you know, the Fair Hydro program, the so-called uh, Fair Hydro program, 
temporarily subsidized rates for residential customers. Yeah, sure, but I mean, all that, Joe, all that did, and you and I both know this, is it it kicked it down the road. Somebody's got to pay for that. Well, it's the people paying for it are, are taxpayers and potentially uh, future ratepayers uh, will, will pay. But, Read you know, even, children. That, exactly. But even at even with that 25 percent reduction, affordability is still a problem for, for a lot of families of lesser means. And you hear these these terrible stories about about people having to to choose between uh, between heat and food. I mean, this is a first world country. Okay, so I've got to stop you there, and I've got to ask you this: You're the chair of ISO. Where are we going with this? Is there a way to bring it down in a legitimate manner so that it isn't paid for by a future generation or whatever, and we actually can live and work in properly heated circumstances in the in the winter and properly cooled circumstances in the summer, and we can charge our electric car, whatever it is we're going to do? Well, it's going to be very challenging, and I'll tell you why. Nuclear and hydro cost seven and a half cents a kilowatt hour, okay? But the average Ontarian is paying almost 12 cents, 11.7 cents. So that means, just mathematics say that the remaining supply, you know, the the other 14% is costing over 37 cents. And, you know, I mean, just to put it in a different way, wind and solar represented about 8% of energy production in Ontario, but it counted for over a quarter of the cost of generation. Well, but we all know why that is. We had, a, we had right. a government that decided it was going to devote itself to that and let contracts out at 40 and 50 and 60 and even sometimes 80 cents per kilowatt hour to suppliers, and now we're trying to kill it, and it's that's costing money too. See, the problem, Peter, essentially is that they locked this high cost in by long-term contracts. Yep. And, uh, you know, even though, you know, wind and solar prices are declining, but the point is we're caught in contracts uh, that are, are going to take years to, uh, uh, to, to uh, you know, before they're, they're, they're going to be, be able to be uh, terminated. Well, most of them and were 25-year contracts, and we're like uh, seven years in. Exactly. So this is... This is a problem that, you know, that we can't do anything about. I mean, the legislature could, I suppose, but, but that would create other, other difficulties because, uh, you know, companies might be reluctant to come to Ontario if, if contracts can be, can be ripped up, even if they're draconian contracts, which, uh, which some of them uh, clearly are. Well, it sounds to me like you've got your work cut out for you and, uh, and that right now, although you're exploring answers, you haven't got any magic solutions. I don't think they're magic solutions, but there are things that we, we're looking at, things we can do in terms of conservation. Uh, we, we have, uh, uh, we have uh, a market renewal program that we're, uh, we're, we're uh, talking about and we're, we're going to go ahead with. Um, you know, our overarching objective is, is obviously to make Ontario's clean electricity market more affordable for families and more competitive for businesses. And we, we have to do that without compromising our reliability. So we've got a number of, of ideas uh, that we're, we're working on. And uh, we've got a conservation initiative and, and, and a number of other things. And we're going to be 
uh, trying to get these prices down, but but there isn't a silver bullet at this point. Okay, so I'm going to leave it right there and wish you great good luck with that. And I'm going to take the one minute, and Joe, i got one minute left, but i got to ask you this. There's a meeting going on in Osaka. We've got a prime minister there, along with uh, the guy who occupies the position you once had, finance minister and, and the minister of, uh, of trade. Um, what happens with the standoff between ourselves and China, is there any way to make this happen with short of releasing Meng Wanzhou? Well, it's going to be very difficult. Look, there are three ways out. Uh, the court, the B.C. Supreme Court, can reject the U.S. extradition request because it's been politicized. The U.S. president has talked about how a, a trade deal might uh, might change his mind on the extradition. The second thing is the, the minister, that is Minister of Justice David Lametti, uh, could uh, reject the request uh, after the court, uh, let's say, approves it. Or, But, you know, the problem there is it will look like political interference, like in the SNC-Lavalin case, and we operate under the rule of law. So that's a problem when we've got a relationship with, with the United States to worry about. And then, of course, the third point is the, the U.S. government could withdraw the request, uh, you know, presumably as a result of the uh, of a trade deal with China. So, uh, you know, those yeah, which seems to be the prime interest, obviously, of President Trump, not talking on behalf of his good friend, Justin Trudeau, with regard to all of the difficulties latest of being, of course, uh, the suspension of pork and beef imports by China uh, from Canada. So uh, it sounds to me like uh, we're kind of pooched unless and until things uh, thaw. And having seen a photograph taken at lunch today where, for whatever reason, Trudeau is sitting next to President uh, Xi Jinping, uh, it looked pretty frosty to me. Yeah, I mean, look, we've got, I mean, we've got Michael uh, Kovrig and Michael Spavor in 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 prison and, and, you know, subject to actually psychological torture. And we've got two Canadians on, on death row. We've got limits on canola and soybean. And then we've got our, our ships being buzzed by a yep. Chinese aircraft. This has gotten... Except we're playing, the, Joe. Uh, ugly. We're playing in the big leagues, and uh, and we're a small player. That's the way it is. I got to cut it off there because I'm out of time. But I always appreciate talking to you. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. All right, that's Joe Oliver. Joe Oliver, uh, you know him as finance minister in the uh, Harper cabinet. These days, chair of the IESO, the Independent Electricity System Operator. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.